0: Hello, ladies, and welcome back to Celebrate You. Today, we have someone that has done, like, not really well in my eyes, but in the eyes of the business world. So today, I'm bringing to you Wan Tan. He is the CEO and founder of Eatify. And he was just, uh, what's the word, acknowledged, it's not nominated, it's like he was, uh, what's the word? One. How do I say that? He was uh, named. Listed. <laughs> listed, that's the word. He was listed as part of Forbes 30 Under 30 in Asia. So that's like huge. So one thank you and welcome to the show.
1: Yay! Hi, Moni. Hi, everyone. Thanks for the introduction. Hi, guys. Uh, I'm Guan. You can just call me Guan. It's fine. Yeah. i uh, very excited to be on the show today. I've been following quite a bit, and I'm very very honored to to be part of it today.
0: Oh, awesome! <laughs> Thank you. I didn't know you followed. <laughs> oh, that's exciting! Thank you so much. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yes, I'm. I'm really looking forward to this episode because, like. Yeah, like I said, it's like it's quite remarkable to be in Forbes. That's it. but it's like extremely remarkable to be in Forbes under 30, that it's like, "Wow, especially because a lot of people have the "Oh, I'm too young." And I'm like, "No, <laughs> it's not an excuse.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm very fortunate to to be listed uh, uh, on this list this year and also on the category of um, marketing and advertising. Mm-hmm. So, so where I come from, um, Edify, uh, we are a social media platform that connects both brands with social media influences to create content. So it is a platform where, you know, if a brand has a marketing brief, they will put on it and then influencers can apply.
0: Yeah. yeah, that is super cool. And there's like so many things that I would love to talk about. But let's, let's start at the beginning. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and your story?
1: okay sure so so it's quite quite interesting because i came from a finance background so so in uni i was actually very much into numbers i i I really like um finance part of it very into um, stocks and uh, trading so but but the interesting thing was at the same time i had a lot of passion for photography so something that i was Mm -hmm. doing as a hobby yeah and i was very fortunate because i was invited to be part of a crew for a local YouTuber um, called GD Boy TV. So I started to intern there when everybody, all my peers, went to banks to intern. Yeah. I went yeah. to a production house to intern. So, so it was quite funny because uh, that was where it really um, created a lot of interest for me in social media. I, I really, really enjoyed um, creating content and and that's that's how i came about to to be in the media scene
0: mm, yeah. that's very interesting yeah you're right because like a lot of people i don't know now today but until like maybe 10 years ago you finished uni especially if you studied like finance engineering or something like that and it was like oh i want a consulting or finance job so going jumping straight into media that was like cool
1: yeah so it was quite a big step for me actually <laughs>
0: Yeah. And did you grow up in Malaysia?
1: Yes, I did. Yes. And you studied here. You did everything
0: here in Malaysia.
1: Yeah, everything local.
0: Cool. Yeah, Awesome. So one of the things that kind of made me ask you to come to the show was you and I, we met like maybe three years ago, three and a half years ago when I had just moved to Malaysia. And then, basically, it took us, like, three years to catch up again. (laughs) We were very bad. (laughs) Right?
1: Yeah. And and
0: then the day that we had our catch-up, like, a few weeks ago, I was like, oh, how are things? And you were like, oh, everything's cool. Like, my company was acquired. And I was like, what? In just, like, three years, you went from having a small agency to being acquired. And all this happened in the middle of the pandemic. I was like, that's quite <laughs> impressive. Can you tell us that story?
1: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we shouldn't take another three years to, <laughs> to no, meet I up a <laughs> <I> kid. <know. laughs> For sure, no. Uh, so what happened was we were very fortunate because... Well, uh, yeah. So what happened, we were very fortunate is because uh, um, our industry being in very digital, we were helping a lot of brands during the pandemic to go digital so a lot of those uh, SMEs needed um, they were caught off guard because of the pandemic so they didn't know what to do how to go digital they didn't know how to get more visibility so fortunately we were able to come in very quickly to to pivot to a lot of very um, brands that can benefit during uh, lockdown per se so those home delivery home baking fitness kind of brands they really, really took off, and we really could help them um, create more presence, more digital presence, by using social influencers to to really shout out their product, shout out their services. Mm-hmm. So because of that, we really, really did very well um, during the pandemic. Our, our company grew about two point five times, and we were spotted by one of the media um, media group that uh, they they had interest in what we were doing, and we had the same vision in giving. Um, more opportunities to creative people so that's how um, we got acquired uh, during this mm. pandemic season
0: <laughs> I love that yeah, yeah
1: um, it, it's it's quite interesting because um they they as a company as well they we, we share the same vision in in making sure that um, the local markets are being taken care of right so smes will always be the backbone of the economy mm-hmm. and and that we we went in with the mission of trying to help um, SMEs go digital. Yeah. So, so that was what kept us going during the pandemic. Huh? So even though right now we are in the third lockdown, right? So, yes. <laughs> so we, are still, we are still very focused on our mission in helping um, SMEs go, go digital. Yeah.
0: Amazing. And then when you say like you help SMEs go digital and you help them with social, do you help with everything or just influential marketing? So influencer mainly,
1: marketing. yeah, mainly our company focus on influencer marketing. Yes, but um, our, on a group level, the company that acquired us, they work with publisher sites. So publisher sites that will create articles and write ups. So they will feature like you know these are ten home bakers you should look out for during this uh, pandemic. Yeah, mm. or these are like the five home workouts or um, fitness YouTubers you should follow. Yeah. So these are the kind of content that we, we have been creating during the yeah. season.
0: And just for everyone listening, whether they are like tuning in from the UK, Malaysia, or like anywhere in the world, like influencer marketing, can you give us like a summary of what it is and what are the benefits?
1: Cool. Yeah. So it's very simple because for example, right, influencer marketing is based on word of mouth. And and mm. these days, people really believe and trust reviews a lot. So it, it comes down like, you know, when you want to go to visit a new cafe. So there are tons and tons of new cafes, but which one do you go, right? So mm. you usually ask your friends yes. or you usually go online, right? So that whole point came from a, a word of mouth kind of marketing. So social media influences are... Um, key opinion leaders in the particular niche or industry so they have following on social media platforms and they usually have a particular niche that they are in so they can be from a foodie niche um, a tech reviewer or even a fitness guru yeah so these guys are people who have uh, some voice or some authority in in the scene
0: Mm. okay And then I, as a company, as a brand, let's say that I'm trying to sell, I don't know, like clothing or cakes, how do I tap into those influencers such that it feels that it's authentic and it's aligned to my brand versus I'm like, oh, that like girl that it seems like fake is advertising my clothes. I don't like that.
1: Yeah, so that that really requires a little bit of skill, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, but the one thing about Malaysia is we are actually a very diverse country, yeah. so we have different races and different cultures. So, so it works the same with our influences as well. So, even in the Malay um, industry or the Malay side of it, there is also the English speaking Malay yeah. or the more grassroots Malay speaking Malay, and these guys they have both have different kind of. Um, following and the way they work things are also very different so it, it comes down to to how we what are kind of audience that we want to tackle and who we're trying to reach out to so that we will be able to craft a list of influences that are very relevant to your brand so if you are going to target fashion we will still ask you whether we are your product is more targeted at grassroots malay uh, or more urban malay or chinese Or even Chinese, there's also the Chinese-speaking kind of Chinese as well. It means that Mm -hmm. interests and everything is also very different. So we we deep dive with the brand to sort of understand these kind of um, interests. And then we will match it with the right influences for you.
0: Awesome. I'll move away from marketing for a second. And it's like one of the things I absolutely love about Malaysia is exactly what you said. There's like such a, it's such a diverse country and you have multiple cultures, like the predominant ones. It's like the Malay, the Chinese, the Indian, and then you have like others. But for people who do not live in Malaysia and are listening now, how would you describe to them, like, what what does a Malay audience look like versus a Chinese one or an Indian one? What what are the key differences between them?
1: Right. So be- the first thing that we have to know is definitely the food is different.
0: Yes, it's <laughs> right? so important. Right? Yeah, yeah. the food yes. is
1: definitely different. So, um, Malay side, then we have to take note that, you know, whether it's halal certified, right? Whereas mm. for Chinese or Indian, then we are a little bit more lax in that. So, that yes. is something that whenever we do for F&B kind of brands, these are some of the important things that we need to know. So, first and foremost, whether it's halal, right, or pork-free. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the main things. Um, then the other things could be, um, the, the audience would be, Malay audience are actually uh, a very big part of it, right? They're 70% of our population. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, uh, they work very well with very a uh, mass market kind of product. Yeah. yeah. So whereas for um, Chinese kind of audience, right, we notice that it is a little bit more on a higher end or a little bit more yeah. expensive. Yeah, I thought they, you they, would say that. Yeah, yeah. So, so these are some of the findings that we we notice, and and we will usually advise the client, like you know, your product, what is your price range, who are the people that you're looking at. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh, that is so interesting. I've always found that fascinating how they <laughs> mingle and don't mingle at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if I am looking, so I have two questions that come to mind. One, it's like if I am looking. To hire an influencer, what are the key things that I need to keep in mind?
1: Okay, so definitely um, would be the target audience that you're reaching out to right So you know if you're a fashion brand, what kind of people that you're trying to attract you know is your clothing a little bit uh, more conservative or a little bit that's very fitness kind of base then definitely we will introduce um, influences that are more suited towards them. So, a lot of the influencers' followers should be your target audience. That is something Mm. that we need to be sure, right? So, age group, um, gender, interest level. So, these are sort of the things that um, we will have to set for you so that you can reach um, maximum um, value for your influencer campaign.
0: Yeah, and then if I follow up on that, let's say, if I go, let's say, on Instagram and I see someone, I really can only see their name, their beautiful pictures, and the number of followers. And of course, I browse and I see the content. But in reality, like I don't know, A, who are the followers, what are the demographics of the followers, and B, if they are real followers or if they were like robotic, like yep. robot bot uh, followers. How do you know that?
1: Okay, so that's a very um, tech question. That, that it's great because uh, what separates us um, from a lot of the players uh, is because we use our tech as a platform to um, be able to know whether these followers are fake or not. So this is mm-hmm. something that is uh, very important because uh, people there are people who buy fake followers, right? Yeah. And And the indication of it will definitely be, you know, they have very high amount of followers, but very little engagement, right? So that is a very clear cut that there is something wrong. And also for us, when we uh, track them on our platform, we will be able to see whether there's a spike in followers or not. Because usually when they buy followers, they pay uh, an amount and then they suddenly have like 1,000, 10,000 more followers. Mm. Then we will see a spike, a sudden spike in 1,000 or 10,000 followers overnight. So then the system will flag us and let us know that there's an issue. Maybe this person is buying followers. Okay. So that's one of the tools that we use to ensure to our clients that the influencers that we work with are not people who use fake followers.
0: Yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. And then like a person just browsing online would not really know that, right?
1: Yeah, no, yes.
0: you have to go through an agency.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because these tools, these data tools and analytics are something that we built um, with the guidelines of Facebook and Instagram so it is like proper and and that is backed up by insights and data
0: oh so it's inbuilt technology in-house
1: yeah so we use yes we use in-house and then we work with their apis and things like that yeah to be able to pull yeah
0: amazing and then if we go to the other side of the conversation and let's say if i am an influencer how do i find then um Customers that I, how do I get started on, on advertising for other people?
1: Yeah. So, this is exactly why I started the company, actually. Because when I first started out, um I was in the YouTube industry, right? For yeah. uh, this is this like eight, eight to nine years ago. I was quite a micro, one of a micro content creator. So, I had only about 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. And I realized that it was very difficult for me to be discovered by brands. Mm. So I have my audience, not a lot, but um, for me to be discovered by brands, it's very difficult because who is going to find out about um, somebody with 10,000 subscribers? So so that's why um, we did a test. What we did was what what really pushed me to really start at Metify was we started doing a test with a brand. Um, if we put the same amount of budget, for example, uh, 10,000, we have... 20 of these uh, micro-tier influencers and another 10,000 for a celebrity. So Mm. which one would give us better conversion? So we did this by giving out, um, them sharing certain promo codes and we noticed that the results of it is about the same. So we think that it's actually better or safer from a brand perspective to engage with a number of micros versus one celebrity. Because one celebrity can sometime not do a very good job and then that will affect the whole campaign performance. Whereas for microsite you have maybe ten or twenty of them that you can really tweak and and work from there. So yes. that's that's how that's what um really kicked us um uh, to, to embark on this journey, uh, to help uh, micro influencers get discovered by by clients. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense because micro influencers like you're still growing it's your baby so you're putting a lot of effort into it and you are properly attracting people based on the content that you create and building the community rather than i'm a celebrity and i post something on instagram so it's different type of uh, vibe
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and these micros actually reply messages and dms right Mm. but celebrities they don't so some people you know they they want to know okay, I really want to know your honest feedback about this cafe. So, you know, was the service good or, you know, what's the price point? Did you wait very long, right? So sometimes these celebrities just can't be bothered to reply, but micros, um, they can and they will because they're building their own community, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And... Like I've seen, well, of course I started a podcast, so now I'm now I'm active in social media. Before I wasn't really. <laughs> but the more active I am, of course, I am observing what other people do. Yeah. So a lot of and Andy what I find very interesting, it's like when I tell like new people that I meet or something, and I tell them, Oh yeah, I'm doing a podcast. And then they go like, Oh, that's so cool. Next question. How are you going to monetize this? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. The plan is just to have fun and talk to interesting people. And then like to, you know, like just have fun. Eventually, eventually I'll monetize it. But it seems like there's a lot of people that get into social media, becoming an influencer because they want to monetize this.
1: Yes. um, This is something that we have faced very commonly. So, a lot of people actually call our company number and just to inquire these kind of things. So they're like, okay, um, I want to be an influencer. I want to get paid. So just tell me how to do it. <laughs> yeah. So we, we actually get calls like this. So definitely I understand. <laughs> yeah, but but of course, um, you know, a lot of content creation comes from passion, yes. right? You you and your podcast, you know, when, when we started talking about your podcast, your eyes just light up, you know. Mm. And you just have so many ideas, so many topics to talk about and cover, yeah. right? Yeah. So so these are all passion and that's really what really pushes um, a content creator to continue to to create content. Yeah, because it's all, all passion and that's it's all great. Passion. Monetization yeah, monetization can come later. And exactly. it's not even something that you you you're focusing on, yeah.
0: So what I'm hearing is the advice for anyone getting started in the influencer kind of journey is just be led by passion. Money will follow.
1: If you start
0: with, I want money, then maybe look into investments instead. (laughs) It may be easier.
1: Yeah, really. Because, um, you know, if you're thinking straight on with just money, right, you will be disappointed very fast, right? Because you are thinking of it as a business and then you expect it to be profitable with X amount of time. And it doesn't work that way, right? Because Mm -mm. social media and content is all about creativity, authenticity, and passion.
0: Creativity, authenticity, and passion. And probably that is the number one advice to any small business that it's like, oh, what's the secret to my social media strategy? Simple creativity authenticity passion whether you're selling shoes earrings cakes machines phones uh makeup like programs training airplanes whatever it is
1: whatever creativity, it is
0: creativity yeah. authenticity and passion yeah that's the tagline for this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> nice.
1: We got it. We got it, yeah.
0: We got it. <laughs> that is so good. Awesome. Okay. So enough of marketing. I want to get into your brain. <laughs> and not brain in terms of knowledge, but more of your mindset. First of all, what made you start an agency?
1: Okay, so um, like I, like I just mentioned earlier, it's, it's really a lot about um, giving more opportunities to creative people, right? So we really wanted to help a lot of these um, content creators to get discovered by brands. So getting all these influences together was the easy part, right? But when we have a huge database of it, getting brands to be on board will then become easier for us as well. Mm. So, so that was my mindset going in was, um, you know, we just want to help creative people succeed. So we will tell them, um, we are creating a platform where we, we will match you with brands. Um, of course you can't get every client in the world because if you are a fitness influencer, you're not going to get foodie, you know, you're not going to get beauty kind of, kind of brand, but at least I'm telling you that there will be a chance in the future that we will get a fitness client for you. Yeah. Yeah. So every day, you know, we will still try to grow our database. We'll still try to discover more or new um, content creators.
0: Mm. Yeah. And then, and like, if I dig deeper into your mind, <laughs> why was this important to you? What was the spark? Because not everybody goes like, oh, I want to help businesses. No, there was yeah. something.
1: Yeah, I, I I think it really came from my, my background as as a content creator. Because when I was doing YouTube, um I was really considering to go uh, build it as a career, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So that's
1: why I, I really understood a lot of these kind of struggles that um, all these content creators are, are experiencing. So, of course, we started off with, you know, the, the tagline of creativity, intensity, and, and, and passion, right? And and we've done that. We've grown the channel. Um, but um, if we're going to consider it as a career full-time, so what are the struggles and, and how do we get there? So that really... um drives me a lot to help um, all these uh, small content creators. Mm, that's that's really something like, that, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it resonates. Yeah, I yeah, can it's like I can see it in your face. It resonates. <laughs> yeah. And then,
1: can you? But, Go but ahead. coming from a, um, as a business owner, right, I, I, I think something that I am quite different compared to my peers, I'm actually very into feng shui.
0: Awesome! <laughs> you got my attention now. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I actually have uh, my my family use um, consults with uh, a a feng shui master, right? For for maybe about twenty over years. So this this uh, old uncle that that you know comes to our house every year and then he he, he tells us about reads our our feng shui and and sort of advises. So I am a very big <laughs> believer in feng shui. Because I, my, my mindset is, if I'm to go and do a business, I need a bit of luck. Uh, and, and if it's just extra 1% of luck, I would do it and I will take it. So, yeah. so it's, it's things like, uh, it's really very minor things that you can say is superstitious. But uh, for me, I believe that um, I will take it. Lah. So, yeah. so things like um, the color of shirt that I wear for meetings. So, he tells me that I am more suitable to wear gray colored shirts for meetings. So, if I'm going to a meeting, I will wear a gray color. He tells me that my watch needs to have a metallic strap. So, my watch, if Three I go elements. to a meeting, I yes. have a metallic strap watch. Yes. Yeah. So, so, even like things like what time we start work, uh, where uh, my office desk face, the kind of Green direction. Face. Yeah. And even to the extent that um, my colleagues, where should they be sitting? It's also pre, um, pre, uh, advice by by my master, yeah. So so it's the kind of extra stuff that I really do to. Uh,
0: <laughs> Amazing, and yeah. I really want to discuss this. So, in of course, I'm from Mexico, and then I lived ten years in the UK. So in the West like feng shui and feng shui and like energy and what's called in the west more esoteric things exactly they are esoteric things and people call them like woo woo and what i've noticed that as i grow up i'm still growing up the more i integrate all the energy practices and the east the, the practices from the east into my life not only like my career and my business let's say business-wise but it's like in my life and like incorporate everything I feel more supported and empowered and I find it very sad weird that in the west they still they laugh kind of like of all these ancient practices and they see them as woo but in the east like at least The Chinese culture, at least in Malaysia, that I've been here for a few years, that's a big thing. Numerology, feng shui, like 888, lucky number. Like 14, no lucky number.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So it it is exactly that, uh, to the extent that, you know, my office is uh, number 26, because 2 plus 6 equals to 8, and 8 is Mm. money. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I actually I'm a really firm believer in this um energy thing as well, right? So that's why even when we shift to a new office or if it's Chinese New Year, for example, we really take it to heart to have our tradition where we roll oranges into the room, we bring pineapple in, because pineapple is um it's on, which is luck, prosperity. Mm. Yeah. So you know, we bring we bring the prosperity into the office. Awesome. Yeah. So so it gets everybody hyped up even that the non non Chinese even our Malay colleagues are also very excited to bring oranges in you know to roll the orange into the office yeah it really creates a very good energy a very good vibe right at the start of uh, work
0: yeah yes i loved before <laughs> before lockdowns like chinese new year and the dragon dance in the office and the whole ritual about putting like exactly the oranges everywhere that is like absolutely amazing and it's it's incredible that it's like it happens not in woo woo businesses (laughs) but it happens like across the board e.g westerners listen (laughs) learn from the east
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i really think that it's it's a good really good energy right like everybody we come in um, we're very warm um warm fight, you know, everybody's excited about something, right? You know, lion dance as you said, dragon dance, yeah, it's all very cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then why do you think because this is not like you, this is like the Chinese culture in general. And this is not just like the mass market Chinese culture. This is like the very successful millionaires, you know, like it it goes all the way up to the chain. Um, And as a culture, like Chinese, they are known for their business acumen and being good with money. (laughs) (laughs) And at the same time, it's kind of the practices like numerology, feng shui and all that. Why do you think that tradition did not get lost? And it's still part of today's culture.
1: I I think it's uh, because... I I would say Chinese or Chinese Malaysians are quite kiasu, right? So it's a it's a local local slang. Kiasu would be like, uh, don't want to lose, right? So so you know Chinese people really love money, okay. <laughs> so we we are kiasu. You know we don't want to lose. So a lot of times that we will pray or do all sorts of things to hopefully get that extra luck or the extra prosperity to help us true so that's why I believe that you know it's something that's been around for a long time Mm -hmm. and and all all ages of like or even more senior uh people are still a very firm believer of it yeah the way they place like um you know some certain certain things in the office why there's a crystal ball here you know why there's like a fish here yeah it's it's all for the extra luck right
0: yeah, it's like oh, I didn't know about the fish nor the bowl.
1: <laughs> yeah, but
0: what I've heard it's like the phone number. The phone number needs to be aligned to numerology. Yep.
1: Yes, yep. So like, if you add the digits together, it should be it should end with either six or eight or nine, right? So it, like, symbolizes either money, success, or prosperity. Yeah.
0: Amazing. <laughs> See, that's the beauty of having a multicultural country.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah so so it's quite funny because uh, like certain things even like the plan right so we will i will put certain plants at certain corners in the room and, and my colleagues will ask the same thing it's like why and then i'll always tell them where do you think the money is coming from where do you think our business is coming from it's because of the plan <laughs> so just believe it and talk to the plan when you have any issues then we will have no problem."
0: <laughs> to say that in the office,
1: yeah, I do. The one oh. one day, you know, after this pandemic, when it's safe, you can drop by, and then I will introduce you yes. to the plant.
0: <laughs> awesome. So, what's the name of the plant?
1: Uh, oh, I, I or just or it doesn't have a name. Yeah, I, I did not have a name. I just you just
0: talk to the plant.
1: Yeah, I just talked to the plant. <laughs> um,
0: that is so interesting because, like, <laughs> like I have plants at home, and especially the flowers, they get names, but I oh. never talk to the plants.
1: <laughs> it's a good start right
0: yeah it's a good start. i'm like everybody like fans have names and i'm like oh what's the name but no <laughs> yeah it's a good start talk to the plants yeah that's amazing <laughs> we deviated into very
1: <laughs> range of <laughs> topics yeah well, it's fun yeah it's a it's a cool topic i would say yeah
0: yeah no it's super cool it's like and i have to meet your feng shui mastery <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yes <laughs> Definitely. Um, so coming back to mindset. Okay, so we just talked about luck and all the, let's say, minds, we talked about two things. One, the mindset of, of helping businesses more on the serious side. And then the other one on the more energetic level and, and, and traditions um, to to cultivate success. How about, I'm sure in In your experience, like you've had like bad times in the business. What was your mindset in those times?
1: Yeah, definitely. um, Bad times (laughs) is definite, right? You know, business is sometimes like a roller coaster, right? Uh, But I've always believed that, you know, at the end of the day, when you take care of people, then your people will take care of business, Mm. yeah so there are definitely times where you know um money collection from from brands right yeah. or or even um sometimes the need to go the extra mile especially during the pandemic everybody wants to uh, we know when when we suddenly introduce work from home right at first people couldn't adapt to work from home they feel like they're working every hour
0: yeah
1: every day yeah, yeah. And, and and so i've always um, tried to assure my team that um, my my philosophy is always you know if we take care of the people then our people will take care of business and so I've always been um, always been very very attentive to my team uh, especially mm-hmm. during this this um, this kind of times so because I I believe that um, they will eventually put and show the extra um, care for the business because they are taken care of. Mm. Yeah. So that is one uh, thing that I really believe in, and yep. then the other thing I will always um, very thankful for very very good uh, moral support from my family. So mm. so my my parents will always sort of like cycle me in in the feng shui side of things. So they're like, "Dude, don't worry lah. Your master told you that this month and everything will be fine. So this this thing shall pass." Then yes. I'm like, "Okay, yeah," and then of course. Um, Talking to the plant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so it's, for me, it's really a lot about um, managing your stress and managing your emotions. And especially yes. I think that as a leader, uh, it's very important. So I, I always appear to be somebody that's very calm in the office. So I do not really show a lot of my um, worries or, or, mm. or stress to my team. Yeah.
0: Do you show them to someone else?
1: uh i do um back home um yeah. very supportive family uh so so they they, they understand and, yeah. and uh, yeah so especially a lot of things like you know when it comes to money right early stages you know when we're raising an investment round or or when we are not collecting money fast enough so these are sort of the things that i feel is a little bit more sensitive um, to discuss with everybody in the company but mm-hmm. a few trusted um team members then they will definitely be able to share the, the burden
0: yes yeah definitely and then you touched like a very important point that it's about managing stress and managing your emotions at the end of the day I think it just comes back to that managing stress yeah, and managing your emotion I, I don't by now I don't believe in the word managing your emotions because emotions just come up but yeah. it's more managing to situate the relationship with your emotions and knowing how to navigate that in a in a better way.
1: Yeah. How, so Monia, Yeah. I, sorry, I know. I, I remember you mentioned that you do meditation as well, right?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, so the thing is, uh, I was when I was fifteen, right after we have um, a major exam in high school, we are off for a two three months break. Mm-hmm. And during that break when I was fifteen, I went to become a novice monk. So
0: oh, novice monk.
1: Yeah. So I oh, stayed cool. in I stayed in a temple, shave my head, wear robes, you Amazing. know, be vegetarian, yeah, wake up at five to clean the temple, to meditate and, and, and things like that. Yeah. How yeah, long so, did you do that for? I, I think it was about eight weeks, I think. Yeah, when I was 15, yeah. So it wasn't uh, it, it really changed my life because since then I I really believed in meditation a lot. Mm-hmm. And waking up early is no longer an uh, an issue for me like because I was like a young boy, right? Usually mm-hmm. won't want to wake up early, right? But yeah. but you know having like a change in lifestyle of waking up at 5, uh, it really really helped me to when you wake up at 5, you actually have a lot of time to do a lot of things right? Yeah, and, and but what I, I don't wake up at five now, but I was going but to the ask, did you? <laughs> yeah, but the meditation part of it really, really helped me till today. Yeah.
0: And so, what I, yeah, do you con? I'm like, that's a whole story on its own, but I may come back to it. <laughs> but before we go into it, like, how do you continue to use those practices today to manage stress and cope with your emotions?
1: Yeah uh so one of the the things that i really enjoy um meditation right is because the kind of meditation that we do is um using the breathing technique so Mm -hmm. we become very much more aware of our breathing and and things like that so what happens is we we can redirect our brain or our focus to focus on just one thing and it's actually not easy right because We are just so distracted. Our attention span is just so short. But when we are able to have an ability to stay focused, I think that really helps a lot. Because there are some times when you are not meditating and you need to focus, these kind of practices can help you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Okay, now let's go back to the monk. <laughs> okay. yeah. yes. I'm like, tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> what happened? Why did you decide to become a monk for eight weeks? Like, <laughs> yeah, what's the backstory behind it first?
1: Okay, yeah. So my my family, we are um, staunch Buddhists. Um, we, we've been in Buddhism for a whole, all of my life. In, yeah. in fact, um, my family actually has a temple we cool. actually have a, have a temple, yeah, in, in another state in Johor. Yeah. And and my mom, I, I just, I don't know how. So somehow my mom just said that, hey, you know, since you have two months, three months of a break, why well, don't you just go for a camp? She just said, go for a camp. She did. <laughs> so she, she was thinking like, you know, this guy, 15 years old, instead of just staying at home, just go for a, like a live camp or something like that. So she was expecting something more outdoorsy, right? And then somehow I was at the temple and I was asking my friends, you know, is there any kind of like a year end camp to go? And then the, one of the receptions was like, dude, you want to try to be a novice? Monk? <laughs> and I don't know why I was like, okay, I think okay. I should, because uh, I was waiting for uh, our results, right? Because we had a very big a major exam and I wanted to pray for extra luck. <laughs> so, so then I was like, okay, let's go. Let's go be a monk then. Then yeah, I think it was eight weeks. Shave my head, war robes, you know eat vegetarian, we can only eat at um, 6 a.m and 11 a.m yeah, and that's it yeah, and that's it yeah so we oh, get wow. only two meals, two meals a day uh vegetarian, we eat six am uh, and 11 a.m and that's it yeah
0: what how was life as a monk?
1: Oh, very simple life <laughs> it's so simple. you wake up. All right, And then, uh, of course, we do, we do the like, chanting and meditation when we yeah. wake up just to make sure that uh, we can compose our thoughts. And then mm. it's a very disciplined life because it is like you get up, you, you meditate, and then after that, you know that, okay, today I'll have to clean the temple for two hours. After that, uh, during the cleaning, I will only clean like the kitchen area, for example. Then after that, it's lunch break. So after lunch break, then we will have uh, one hour of um, free time. The kind of free time they usually encourage you to pick up on something that you are lacking in. So, for example, you feel like you lack um, discipline in certain things or you want to learn more about Buddhism, for example, then you will dedicate that time there. Yeah. So then after that, then you can spend time with um, the seniors um, and just discuss any kind of um, things that you want to know. Yeah. But it's a very disciplined and very scheduled life.
0: Oh, wow. What type of things do monks discuss with the seniors?
1: So because um our batch that we went in, we are all um high school kids. Yeah. So a lot of us are always about more uh, the kind of questions on, you know, how what the kind of mindset I should be having when I go into the working world or what are the things I should look out for when, you know, um issues with my family, for example. So sometimes you just want to talk to like a senior on, on these kind of things, right? Yeah.
0: And do they give you like generic advice slash wisdom or do they focus on the teachings of Buddha?
1: Um, so teachings of Buddha is at 7 p.m. every day. So wow. so yeah, so that we we. We usually, if it is like a one-on-one session, then it won't be about um, the teachings of Buddha. So it will be just general uh, wisdom, as you say.
0: Yeah. Mm. Oh, that is so interesting. You know, like, it's always been in my mind. I wanted, before, before the pandemic happened, I wanted to go to a Bipassana retreat like 10 days of silence. But it's basically you go to the monastery. You don't shave your head, but it's like you go to the monastery and then you exactly wake up at four in the morning, do the chores, eat very simple food, like twice a day, and you're in silence, like total silence for 10 days. And I've heard it's transformative.
1: Yeah. Uh, My mom and my sister goes um, annually for for these these, uh, Vipassana retreats. Oh,
0: wow. Of course
1: pre-pandemic lah. yes
0: of course <laughs> it's like yes at some point it's like at some point we need to go back to that life
1: yeah if you know you know there is um like we have this place Gunting Highlands right so if you ever get a chance to do like a retreat there it's amazing because it's so cold <laughs> and
0: it's so quiet. they <laughs> are like, it's cold. And I'm like, oh, I love the hot weather here. <laughs> oh, <is it>? okay, <laughs> Yes, okay. I love the hot weather.
1: <laughs> okay, then. Yeah,
0: no. <laughs> no, oh, no, but I, I hadn't considered that one. I found one in Thailand.
1: Um, okay. I found
0: another center in Malaysia, but it was not in Highlands. It was somewhere else.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Oh, that is so interesting. And then coming back to... You have such an interesting story.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just all over the place. Yes, it's all over the
0: place, but I'm loving it. So at 15, you were a monk for eight weeks. Then you went to high school and then you finished high school. Then you entered uni. And then by now under 30, you are like Forbes, uh, Forbes under 30. And you have your agency and it was acquired. And you are like the most down to earth guy (laughs) ever uh so, I guess the question for you is when you were fifteen, how did that eight week experience change your life such that you became the man that you are today
1: i I remember um one of the things my my master told me that really um really stick stick with me for a very long time. he mentioned that um be uh, sounds a bit funny you say this but before you before you have this you, you so for example it's about dealing with loss so mm. so he says like there was a story of how somebody lost a lot of money and he's very unhappy, but he says that you know before he got this amount of fortune he was happy, so just because he lost the fortune doesn't mean that he should be sad right so so it has sort of um, made me go into starting my my business very fearlessly because mm. you know I I can just lose my business today but it's fine because before I started the business I was doing fine and and I will be you able were to happy
0: do
1: yeah, yeah yeah cool
0: so, oh that's so, such a beautiful teaching and explanation <laughs> you don't go into the attachment and non attachment and like it's just and like yeah, it's as simple as before you had that, you were happy. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. As simple I, I, as I, that. I, Yeah, it's just something really simple. And and, and that's how I you know, start, started my agency when I was 24. And I was just like, okay, I'm just going to just jump into it. right? Yeah.
0: So how do you apply that? How have you applied that in the past year that we've been in the pandemic and then lockdown in and out and now we're back in again? How do you use that loss of freedom?
1: (laughs) So um, the very obvious kind of loss that we deal with is definitely loss in sales of certain Mm. clients and industries, right? Because like the movie industry or entertainment industry, gone, overnight gone, right? And then a lot of the alcohol brands that has a lot of events and road shows, they were also gone. So... So right when they announced that we had a lot of, even like the Raya season right now, we are still at the moment dealing with a lot of loss because of the sudden announcement of MCO. Yeah. So suddenly a lot of hotels can't do their Raya buffet spread and things like that. So we are experiencing a lot of um, defeat these days because clients just like, okay, I'm so sorry, I can't do it because of MCO. We understand, they understand but but we just have to find um, small wins every day at different places. Yeah. I love so, it. <laughs> yeah. That's that's just how it is. Life. Yeah.
0: Find small wins every day in different places. And that goes so well with the title of the podcast that it's like, well, the, the, the podcast is Celebrate You, but the essence is about celebration. Yeah. That it's exactly that. Looking I, I, at the positives and the small wins, as little as they can seem, they are big things.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I okay, random topic, but I really like your podcast uh, photo. Oh, it really, thank you. It really shouts, um, celebrate you, right? It's so colorful, so vibrant. Yeah. It's loud. Yeah.
0: Thank you. You know, like I took that picture last time I went home. <laughs> so it was like a little bit of a me being happy at home when it was New Mm -hmm. Year's and it was like, yeah, yeah, I think that's why the picture is so powerful. It was not a photo shoot. It was like, I'm at home and I'm happy at home as in Mexico. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so interesting. Okie dokie. So I am thinking we are getting close towards the end of the episode. (laughs) So, I'm like, given your story, Monk, <laughs> uh, agency, helping businesses, um, getting acquired, Forbes 30. I think, yeah, now I know. I'm like, so what's the next question? Yeah, the next question is like, what's next for one? <laughs>
1: uh, Good good question. Uh, <laughs> we We are still um, really swimming through uh, the pandemic at the moment. Um, mm. You know we are actually very thankful the other day, uh, oh, um, just earlier today when one of the influencers actually sent us a, a gift box, because um, you know she did a few campaigns with us during the Ramadan month about home yeah. cooking, and that really helped her a lot because like her husband was like loss of income. Mm. And then she was very thankful for for you know being able to sustain herself and her family. yeah, so so I've always been our, our whole team we were always very touched by these kind of stories and and we we really like um, that a lot and and it really boils back down to whatever it is that we do. It's definitely going to be about um, giving opportunities for creative people to succeed and, awesome. and that's there's, there's, I'm really not sure what what is the next step but it's definitely still going to be back to our core. We might build a new product, right? But it will still be in the core in in giving uh, back to creative people.
0: Yeah. Do you ever think about the future? As in, you seem like a very grounded person, especially it's like with all the practices that you have, like meditation and like history of being a monk, and feng shui and all that. But do you even Even within that context, do you think about I don't know who, how's your life in twenty years' time? not in two, but like in twenty? Do you ever think about that?
1: Uh, sometimes and and it's it's a very strange thing, but i I would I mean you are also a big traveling fan, right yeah. but but for me, I actually like to visit temples if that makes sense. Awesome. Yeah, so so everywhere uh, that I've been traveling, I would try to visit a temple there if if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's this something like yeah. yeah. Traveling, definitely, but visiting temples, I think.
0: Yeah. Traveling, visiting temples. Oh, yeah. that's like I can see like an Instagram. <laughs> like so interesting, like you all over the world visiting temples because like Temple. Well, it depends on what's your definition of temple, but if I broaden up the temple category, you have like Chinese temples, the Buddhist temples, you have the, I don't know, the Japanese temples,
1: Mm, you have
0: the, if we really broaden up the definition of temple, that it's like a place of prayer. Yeah. Then we have like the Egyptian pyramids, like uh-huh. all the churches in Europe, then in yeah, Latin America, all the, I don't know, like the Mayans and the Aztecs, like all of those temples. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, that, that is cool.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I, I, I mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't mind. I'll just travel and see temples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is super cool. It's been an absolute pleasure having you in the show. Yeah. Before we go, I want to ask you two questions. Yep. One, what's your... Most of our listeners, they are millennials. Mix of men and women. Mainly women, but it's like a mix of women. Uh, men and women. Um, what's your advice for them now that we are in such weird times?
1: Yeah. Uh, same, same philosophy as what, what what I tell my team. It's it's just we have to find small wins somewhere, anywhere, right? Mm. And and you know, back to the title of the podcast, Celebrate You, right? Because you I mean, Bonnie, I think you you came up with this also, it's because um you also enjoy being present, you know, in the yeah. moment you also want to celebrate um, you know, people. Yes. And and I, I am also aligned with that belief that we because the pandemic times just so tough, right? um and and you just have to find small wins somewhere yeah
0: yes so it's find the small wins every day that's very beautiful advice that it's it's so much easier to follow than being present because sometimes it's like yeah, you just have to be present and you're like yes i know what does that mean <laughs> <laughs> But it's like celebrating wins every day. That's beautiful. So, what are you celebrating today?
1: Oh, uh, to, today, today definitely is easy because we we just got like an appreciation gift. Right? Oh, amazing! From, yeah, yeah. So, so because we just came back from office and, and, and that's something, something that's really good like, That we we actually help somebody or a family. Yeah.
0: Good, good. Yeah. That's that's important to see the the direct impact of your business into real people's lives
1: yeah
0: amazing well one it's been a pleasure having you in the show yay (laughs) it's like yay win 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 of the show having (laughs) one um everyone ladies gentlemen because now i know that we have coming back to marketing and metrics Now I know that 40% of the audience is male, not just ladies. I know, I know, so now I'll be like, ladies and gentlemen, Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. so have a beautiful week, sending you a lot of love all the way from Malaysia, crossing all of Asia, all the way to Europe, crossing the ocean to America, all the way down to Mexico, all of Latin America, and then crossing the ocean again, all the way to Africa, and covering the whole world in love. Have an amazing week, and I'll speak with you next week. Ciao. Bye. Thank you, one. Bye. Thank
1: you.